This episode of Auto Deal Live is brought to you by Flick Fusion. That's right. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? I cannot I hear, cannot hear my you. Ear. Since they, there you go. There you, there you go. go. There you go. There you go. Now I oh, wow. Can, <laughs> can everybody hear me? Yeah. Hey, you know, I wouldn't know what to, I wouldn't. Never mind. Um, you know what? I, I got I got it. Is, is it part of our show for me to say things? Like, is, or is it like really a bad thing? No, what do y'all really think? What do you mean? No. Say what? Be, what me? Get to wiggle it. Okay, why didn't you wiggle it before the show started? Oh, are we live? You're going to stop it. Yeah, we're live. Oh, Lucy, like, I got to wiggle it. I got to wiggle it. It's part of our show. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Now, you know what? Then Lou looked at me and said, you got to wiggle it. I got to say it now. It's part of our show. No one, any, any, any fellow, like, like, hardcore auto dealer live listener, right, knows that we jack up the first 20 seconds of every show. If we, I wouldn't know what to do if I could hear myself say hello. Anyway, <laughs> what's up, guys? 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. This is David Villa. I'm here with Chris Fritcher, Yo. Joe Calla. David Cribs right. and the one and only Lou Torres. What's up, guys? What's up? Louis. Gotta wiggle it just a little oh, bit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <clears throat> How you guys doing today? Good. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. good, man. It's a good day, even it though is. it's raining outside. It is day. raining right here. It's ra- is it raining behind you guys on the t- on the uh, monitors? <laughs> it's not raining behind Joe and I. No. <laughs> man, I tell you, I'm I'm excited about today's show. Mm. Okay. This is going to be a great show today. It's yes, it is. Jam packed. It's going to be awesome. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is. I'm just going to throw it out there. They can't see you anyway. Just going to throw it out. That's there. true. They can't see. <laughs> you. Yeah, well, you're not on the screen now. Joe and I are. You're not on the so, screen. So, right. so why don't you guys talk? Yeah, you and lose on the phone. Good news. Good hey, our producers on the phone. Well, good news is this, though, Chris. Those... Now Joe's talking. <laughs> yeah. Now we switch. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, Joe, I love we're it. We're back on now. Freaking, oh, we on now? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. All right. Well, the good news is that the tariffs didn't go through. You were worried about that, Chris. I thought it was a good damn topic, though. It Everybody's was. like, why do you want to talk about that? I don't know. Some that affects a, every single new car dealership in the country, I yeah. think would be a good topic. To talk. No, let's not talk about that. No, we did. We well, you're going to get some, you definitely would get some, every uh, new <clears throat> you might get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, interaction with that. I wasn't on last week's show. Billy Honaker, by the way, did a great job. And, yes, and he uh, did. Yeah, he, he was did. here? He was here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Billy, uh, one of our great, top sales guys. He had, he had guys. some great input. Yeah, he, he sure did. Well, he sold for sold cars for three years. At, yeah. The number what's going back and forth as the number one, number two Ford store in the country, yep. Brandon Ford. So that's a pretty big deal. It is pretty a big, big deal. deal. It's a big deal. Plucked him right out of there, man. Pulled him right out of there. Hey, so we got a great. We do have a great topic today, and Chris. I'm also excited about uh, today's show. It's going to be it's going to be just an absolute blast. We got some great people on today, and. Um, and I'm very excited. We will we will kind of give you guys a little insight on what we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But um, how about we do this? Before we do that, <clears throat> this is the time when we share the show and we talk about what we're going to give away. So we're going to give away these show these shirts. By the way, this is has nothing to really do with Auto Dealer Live, but it's a it's a group in a podcast I do called Game Changer. And uh, so you know everybody just loves these shirts. And oh, yeah. um, and we're going to give a shirt away today. And uh, one shirt, one. One shirt away today, game changer shirt, and then we're going to give away what else? We got some hats. We've got some hats. Let's flip here. over to them, Lou. What do we got? Got two hats. Oh, it's some ADL with ADL the microphone. Hats. Pretty cool. Those are some cool hats. So we're going to give away two of those, and then we're going to give away a set of these. A set of these. These are grind. Get ready. It's a new day. Uh, Bite size book series. Basically, one, two, and three branded. Leave a mark and motivated from inspiration and influence. And uh, 
And uh, we're going to give away a set of these as well. So we're going to give away four gifts today. All you got to do is what, Chris? You just got to share the show. And then you will give it away, give it away, give it away now. (laughs) I love it. You know what would be really cool with these shirts? Maybe this is a dumb idea because I do come up with some dumb ideas sometimes. If we had like a, a, um, what do you call those, uh, conversation bubbles or thought bubbles over people's That's a dumb idea. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So so you put that on the shirt Mm -hmm. with who's the game changer? And you get like two thumbs pointing up. That's not a dumb idea. Why is that a dumb idea? This guy's the game changer. Hey, give yourself more credit than that, man. I just thought, you know, it'd be kind of funny. That'd be, that'd be great. I love the this idea. This guy's a game changer. That's awesome. This guy's a game changer. You going to share the uh, good idea, guy. too? <laughs> I didn't say it was a good idea. I would have had, see, that's how I roll. I'm just <clears throat> couldn't pass that up. So, hey, yeah, we're going to go down a little different road today, something mm-hmm. that uh, is probably unexpected for our normal show. Talk about it. I mean, what do you, I mean really, it's kind of hard to name what it is. If, you, if, you, if we said, if we, if we just talked about, I guess, like maybe the base of what it is, it may be seems like it would be something that it's not but it's really it's really in-depth and it affects everything mm. it affects the process it affects the culture mm-hmm. it affects it affects it, it affects everything you know and uh and we got some really good we got the experts on to talk about it to be honest with you why don't you talk about it cribs you're an expert you're an expert baby you're an expert about it it's like a hot potato yeah hey you know what this is something that i it goes back uh Gosh, uh, forever in time, you know, um, it's no secret that in the car business, um, there is a dynamic that goes on um, with, well, first of all, we're looked upon as one of the least trusted industries that's Mm -hmm. out there. I think we're number two or three behind attorney and something else. I don't know. But but the point is, Hitman. the point is, there's a lot of there's a lot of distrust, but there's also a lot of opportunity for salespeople, uh, no matter what position, salespeople, finance managers, um, uh, desk managers, to also, um, you know, we're, we're inundated with ethical, moral decisions throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of controversy over uh, what I would call, quote unquote, tactics in the mm-hmm. car business. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about some of that today and talk about maybe you know what that's like just culture wise mm-hmm. experiencing that because sometimes uh salespeople or desk managers or anyone in the uh in the store may have a problem with something that's either suggested they do or say mm-hmm. or a way that they interact with a client and um so <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting and we're going to yeah and then we're going to and we're going to take it a little even a step further and we have four uh individuals on that are actually christians in the car business and we're going to discuss what it means to be a Christian in the car business, what it means. One of them even advertises their dealership group as a faith-based group. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that. And, um, and we're going to talk about how that affects, again, processes, how that affects culture, you know. Um, and we're going to, t- because here's the reality, right? Whether, you know, whether or not you're a believer, whether you're a Christian or not, you know, this industry like you said, Cribs, and, and, and honestly, just joking around, obviously, about the Hitman deal, but and it wouldn't have sucked to kind of, in some cases, be, be an attorney because, like, it's whenever you're talking about something like that, you're always like, you know, next to, like, an attorney, right, you know, right. like the devil and then yeah. the attorney, you know, and then a car. You know, it's but, but the car business does have a stigma where to the point where even, you know, Google and, and things of that nature, you know, have fun with it. If you if you Google used car salesman or if you, you know, you're going to get memes and images and things like that sure. that pop up. And right. so it's it's a really good topic. And, and again, whether or not you are faith based or whether you're a believer and, and, and maybe maybe that's not you. But the reality is you still are faced with doing it right or doing it wrong. You know, I remember a story um, about a former general manager that worked here at our company. 
he was, uh, he was here for probably six or seven years and he had come out of the car business. I hired him and he, uh, he retired about three years ago, but, uh, he, um, he had mentioned to me, he had worked for several organizations over a 25 year span and was a director of finance for a very short period of time, about an hour at, um, at, I won't mention the dealership group, uh, that's irrelevant, but it was a dealership group that had some, some things going on uh, after this fact they, they it came out and they were in some trouble and I'm not even sure they're around, but they were huge. And I remember him telling me in the training where the, the guy told him to put his tie, right? Put his tie over Lou over the, um, put his tie over the numbers and, you know, and so take, take your tie and just set them on top of the numbers where the customer can't see it, you know, and, and he, and he, and he asked a question and they, the answer he got back was, well, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want them to see that. You know, you want to, you don't want to be put in a situation. It was just some really where was shady gray, stuff. Yeah. Well, was yeah, yeah it was, it was black. Was, it wasn't gray. The, it was, and the so, gray area. It, and, yeah. and the reality is, and here's the thing, here's the good news. He's a, he's a believer. He's a Christian. And, and I don't know, even if you weren't a Christian, I guess, you know, the fact that he wanted to go to bed at night and lay his head down, you know, and, and not, not, not throw a bottle of Ambien back to go to sleep. You know, he, he said, I'm leaving, I'm out of here. Right. Peace out and left. And, you know, and I remember that's a story that just, he carried with him. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of that Joe that goes on in just the industry yeah. in general. And, um, we're just going to talk about it, the do's and don'ts and, and, uh, maybe we can share war stories. Oh yeah. I got some. I you know, I, I took I over for a finance director's position for a very large automotive group that will remain unnamed. <clears throat> and I was asked to do something <clears throat> worse than that and refused and left. And I have to tell you, uh, the person that ended up doing it got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Chris is it's so ambiguous there. I'm not sure you know, really if that left you open for the imagination. Well, <laughs> you know, I was asked, I I was was asked to do something director. really bad. I didn't do it, it but the guy who did it I, I got in a lot was, of trouble. I was asked to sign, re-sign a customer's complete paperwork mm. Yeah, because one of my F&I managers had misprinted something. Mm-hmm. Now, nothing changed on the contract, but that's irrelevant. <clears throat> right. They still, instead of calling those people in because it was so hard to close them, they didn't mm-hmm. want to call them back in to re-sign their paperwork, even though nothing really changed. Just right, mm-hmm. right. And uh, I refused to do it, and so somebody at the store did. Right, Chris, you got to be you a d- team player, hey, brother. And, yeah. and we can go on and on. <laughs> and, 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 we're, and we're sharing, we're sharing some, maybe some, some, yeah. some you know. We're, we're, we're talking, obviously, somebody watching right now, hopefully that's not going on. I mean, there's a difference in, even if you're not yeah. faith-based, I mean, you know, there's still, that's criminal, right? I mean, right. there's criminal oh, yeah. things. And, you know, I, I, there's another hellacious war story, but we're going to talk and obviously dial it down a lot when we get our guest on and just talk about, again, the processes, maybe how it affects, you know, uh, you know best prices, how it affects dealing with a customer who maybe you know can't afford a certain payment and you're, you know, and where gross comes in, where it doesn't come in, because that's not a bad word. I mean, obviously... Right. It's not, not at all. But where does where do those lines get crossed? How do, how do you how does how does it affect your employee? Right. How does it affect your training and things like that? But one one other war story I think because I think this is cool uh, that we can share some of these you know of where the business has come out of. This is criminal, of course, and people went to prison. But I remember <clears throat> working with some clients, and this is back in early two thousands, maybe late nineties, early two thousands, and uh, again it was part of a group, and it was it was here Central Florida area, and they. Uh, and, and basically, in the, in a town where there's a lot of older people, retirees, they were um, they were sell, they were leasing, uh, doing two year lease and one pays, and customers thought they were buying a car. This is where they paid cash for a vehicle, and then two years later, they were showing up at the people's house repoing the car because they weren't they weren't they were two year leases. 
Sure. And this happened like a lot Crazy. to the place where it got that when they came, it came, uh, it got unwound. People went to prison, you know, and um, it's just, you know, it, that's that's, of course, the extent that's that's, that's the edge. Yeah. Maybe you've yeah. got some stories, you're on Facebook, you know, maybe you got something, you know, you can share, maybe something you can lend to this topic. So what are we talking about? And then, Joe, I'll let you get a word in here. We're talking about Christianity in the car business. We're talking about ethics in the car business. We're talking about the right thing, the wrong thing, where the lines are drawn, right? Sure. And uh, we're talking about culture, but from a perspective of putting people first. And we're going to have experts on David Moss, executive manager at Moss Automotive Group, three stores, incredibly, incredibly strong uh, guy, uh, owner, group, family, uh, awesome guy, announces himself on on television, on commercial, as a... uh, as a faith-based organization, we have Steve Matthews, CEO, President, uh, CMD at Matthews Motors, three incredibly successful independent dealerships. I'm talking about like the, the real deal independent. These guys are moving some iron in, uh, and they're in the Carolinas, and Steve's a, a born-again Christian, and he's going to be sharing his experiences. And then we have Adam Chowstack, General Manager at Performance Dodge. And you know, part of the Game Changer group, Adam just posted a month ago where he got baptized at his church, and Adam's a General Manager at Performance Dodge, and he's going to be sharing you know, his beliefs on this and his opinion when it comes to training on that. And then last but not least, certainly Bill Schomburg, Corporate strategist i love that title at lot talks we have a vendor here that deals with dealers that's also a christian we're going to be sharing their opinions and um joe what do you what anything you want to weigh in on this well not just you know i was i was in the business in 1993 i started selling cars and from 93 to 96 in new jersey <laughs> it was like it was it was rough I tell mean, us that story I'm you told me the other day bro <laughs> listen to this this blew it, my mind so it was everybody's last name was was italian so i really felt <laughs> so like is I was, yours well, just by I'm the way italian you're not too, you're not hating so. on italians so i'm just saying talking I, about feel, like, I feel like i was in you know everybody with the good look like the witness protection program <laughs> over at the store i was uh-huh. at so but i'll never forget i left oh, the business because of mind. some of these things that were that was going on back in the 90s but there was a problem with the customer. A customer came in, walked up to the front desk where the general sales manager was sitting behind the desk, and the customer and the general sales manager got into you know shouting words, and the GSM picked up the back of the phone and cracked the guy in the head, <laughs> threw him through the window. Oh my god! I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I bet he couldn't believe it either. I was like, hey. Huh? Hey, it was in don't Tom tell a River. town. You tell, you get, Joe's going to get Joe hit, man. No, Listen, man. they're going to be the guys going to be like, okay, that Cala finally came yeah, out and told his story. Hey, we know where he's at. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's here. He's yeah. hiding. Yeah, yeah Joe's right. in Witness Protection Program. That's how I know so much about it. Hey, I bet that customer surprised something. too. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you something. I got out of the business in 1996, I thought, to never come back again. But here's something cool. Joe left through a window. Yeah, I got thrown out through the window too. But here's what happened. I came oh back gosh. to the business, right, mm-hmm. in 2004, and I ended up working for Nelson Nissan Mazda. And Bobby Nelson, Mr. Nelson, born-again, spirit-filled uh, believer, mm-hmm. has multiple stores now, big auto group. And they're actually their actual tag name was, we'll make a believer out of you. And he showed me how to do the business in, a, in an awesome way as mm-hmm. a believer. And so it was pretty awesome. He took me under his wing, became part of the management staff there for two years, and uh, it just changed everything, man. Yeah, I guess so. I'll tell you. One extreme to the other. So it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty wild. So. We got, we have a, well, hey, listen, that, that story is amazing. It was nuts. And we're going to go right to our panel here. They're on, right? Our panel's ready. We're locked and loaded. But hey, I got a, I got a question for you guys really quick. And, sure. you know, what do you think the average service department spends on video 
uh, on their service drives a month. And, and you know, I mean, is it, is it 3000 per rooftop? You know, what about MPI, you know, $1,500 per month? What about tablets, mm-hmm. you know, $1,500 per month, $1,000 per rooftop. I don't know how quick you are with math, but here's the deal. Seven grand per month. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did this in numbers before the show. $7,000 per month per rooftop. Dave, $84,000 per rooftop annually. That's a lot of money, my friend. That mm. is a lot of dough spent. And especially if it's not getting you what you're really you know, supposed to get back from that investment, Dave. Mm, I'd say. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> most it people seems do. like it would be a way to get a job done. For without spending eighty four grand, yeah, that was eighty four grand. That's crazy. <laughs> well, hey, well, there it is. Okay, and that that's the that's the reality. And as a matter of fact, what I was to tell you guys, if I were to tell you that substantially less than that, you could get an immediate listen, immediate increase, right, on five tenths to an hour, get perfect survey scores, eighty five percent customer retention, and have an effective labor rate that puts you within a ninety two to ninety five percent of your store of your of your door rate. Okay, would that, would that, first of all, would that fire you up? Uh, yeah, it would get me going. Would, that, yeah. would a, that fire you up? Absolutely. As a GM or owner of a store, I'd want to know more. So? So tell me, tell me how. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeff Cowan's Pro Talk. Jeff Cowan's Pro Talk. His number's on the screen. Get Jeff in your store or get in touch with him and get to one of his events and get this thing right. Come on. I love it. It's good. So... We're yeah, bringing we're, in on our panel. I think we're going to a quick break, right? Commercial? Oh, we're going to commercial. Quick break. We'll commercial. be right back. Don't go anywhere. We've got David Moss, Steve Matthews, Adam Shastak, and Bill Schomburg. Right after this. Often get asked about success stories. These are just a few of our most recent favorites. Mr. Villa, Mike Young here, Thurston Auto Plaza, Ukiah, California. Hey, I'm calling just to let you know that uh, three months Following your training, uh, I was able to achieve level three sales status, 45 units in 90 days. First time that I've achieved that in my career. Flying high, like you said, never the same, man. I cannot thank you enough. Your training seriously changed me, man. David, I would like to go ahead and let you know, after 30 years in the car business, there's been very few people who have motivated me to want to go ahead and train more. And I would like to go ahead and say that I would personally come work for you and do and follow you in any sales process that was ever open or any opportunity. Thank you very much for bringing it and I've been doing it for 30 years and I really find what you do in front of the camera very motivating. Thank you. Charles Fresca. He's been here five years. I've been here for three months. Charles Fresca has been 12 to 14 car guy. I set him down and we've been doing some one-on-ones and we went through Own the Phone, we went through the Growth 101, and we went through the new car training. And Charles is not a new guy. Mm-hmm. Charles is an old guy that's skipping steps, putting back on the basics. Went through yeah. it. Last month, Charles did 22 cars. Come on. about to bring our panel on our faith-based panel this is mm. going to be an interesting show because we're going to dive into some some ethics some uh culture uh, while all at the same time talking to some owners some gms <clears throat> that are running their stores in a faith-based manner mm. and uh obviously joe you know we talked about it going into 
this segment about you know the kind of the shadow or overcast of this industry and, yeah. and its ethics and kind of how not only how the public feels but actually even as individuals working in a store yeah. how we run into things that are a little bit controversial and maybe the way that we handle things yeah yeah so so we're going to get it right into it. we've got david moss steve matthews adam chastak uh i always Chastack. i always always get that so butchered and uh, i apologize adam and bill uh, schomberg welcome to the show gentlemen and uh i'm gonna go straight to david moss you know david moss you're an owner of a uh, of a store here in the tampa bay area as well uh friend of the show and um just wanted to maybe kick it off with you and you know you make it very clear that you have a faith-based organization and i want to talk a little bit about what that might look like at your store what your boundaries are and how you think it's making a difference with the culture at your store three stores three stores yeah or th three stores so, uh, really three I, stores. I know david what's that uh, i was saying actually three stores multiple stores so go ahead david yeah, so I know Dave Villa. Um, what's up, everybody? He mentioned that uh, we advertise that we're faith-based. We really, I mean, we don't advertise it. It's just not something we hide from. And I want to just, I want to go on by saying that about two, three years ago, we moved to Tampa about five years ago from Orlando, and we were very, uh, we were partnered up with a big, corp big corporation, bunch of stores, and it was great. And this all started with my dad. You know, he's always been. Uh, he's been the, the godfather of, of us running the stores the right way, taking care of customers, taking care of people. And, and the culture that I've been brought up in by him has been phenomenal. You know, we've, we had, when we moved over to Tampa, we had 80 plus families move from Orlando to come over here to these stores. And uh, the list is, the list keeps going on. And a lot of people ask, how do you have so many people that move over here? It's not, it's not because of, you know, pay plans or schedule. I mean, it's the car business, right? We're in this broken business that we were talking about how people look at us and think we're, you know, just as bad as lawyers. And it's just, and, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about all lawyers, but you know, it's, it's one of those businesses where it's a lot of broken people. Look at us. I mean, do we grow up saying, hey, I can't wait to, I can't wait to get a little older and get in the car business and sell cars and pound the pavement and, and grind all day long and hustle and grind and hustle and grind or a lot of broken people that kind of had nowhere else to turn. So we got into this business and I, uh, I got to say my dad started it. And then when we got over here about three years ago, we, uh, we, we were missing something, you know, we got here, we started selling cars. We, we kept trying to grow and we were missing something. And uh, me and my dad were in the office and I said, you know, dad, I want to, I want us to honor God and everything that we do here. And he said, let's do it. So first thing we did, and it seems simple, but we just we just changed the music that plays in the showroom. We, we changed the music that plays at our store, and it's it's a playlist that we're always adding new songs to, and it's all the top Christian songs, and they're upbeat songs. It's not hymns. It's it's the upbeat great songs by all the all the new artists, and it's it's fun. It's encouraging. It creates a really good positive atmosphere around the store. Um, we do devotions with our team, and really the whole reason we do it is because we're a bunch of broken people in this broken world, and you know, there's no, no reason to hide from God. He created all of us. He created all that we have and he will bless us with more than we could ever fathom. And if we honor him and all that we do, all that we say and all that we are, our blessings are just going to continue. And our real goal is to just help make better fathers and wives and husbands and, and daughters and sisters and brothers and just people out there. Because if we could be encouraging and make our people that we're around every day for 12 to 16 hours a day better people when they go outside the store then they're just going to be better people inside the store naturally 
And it's been great to see the lives changed. It's, it, it really has. And that's what it's all about for us. Da- yeah, yeah, David, that, this is David Villa. And, and uh, I, I want to just stay on you for one second, David. And uh, first of all, man, hats off to you. And, you know, um, you know, had an opportunity, obviously, to, to hang with you and meet you several times and, and uh, consider you a friend and, of course, a brother in Christ. But I love it, man. And, you know, we do that here as well. We, we play, uh, you know, upbeat Christian music. And, and when somebody walks in, it's not like beating a Bible over someone's head. It's just there's encouraging, you know, uplifting atmosphere and culture. And matter of fact, one of our um, guys that's in the studio now, he's actually uh, – uh, runs all of our IT here. He just looked at me in mouth. He said, my wife and I bought a car from them recently. And uh, uh, so and he's, and he said, he nodded his head, yes, like the music's playing. And he said, in the atmosphere, he's like, thumbs up. So anyway, I just, you know, that's just really cool how, you know, it is impacting and it is making a difference and it is being noticed. And uh, so I want to ask one other question, just in case we don't get a chance to, you know, delve into this too much with you. When, with regards to, you know, culture and in, 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 in inwardly, now that's, that's outwardly. A customer walks in, we all know that music is is powerful. It changes atmosphere. It changes you know moods and so forth. Even upbeat music in general. Stores in the mall play upbeat music, and there's certain music that grocery store chains you know play that, that they say could you know people can get hungry and feel good and want to shop. Um, so that's the outward and the inward. But what about to your employees, David? Where you you look at them and you say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna pour in from our heart. You know, we're gonna pour in from our place. And how does that affect your training, your onboarding? How does that affect the way you handle people? If you can talk, share a little bit about that, because we always talk about culture, and you know, everyone anyone can have a a, a better culture, you know, than maybe than than maybe what's known in the business, but. I believe personally there's something special, you know, when, when the culture is founded on faith. And so I just want to ask you maybe to, to expound a little bit upon that, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's all about love and grace. So many, so many businesses, it's not even a car business. So many businesses, they base their entire business model off of fear and threats and profit. And when you pour love and grace into your team, it's amazing the amount of people that you just, you look at and you don't know if they're listening. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's almost like the parable of the sower. You know, you, you got there and you sow your seed and you say what's right and you take care of your people no matter what. And you give grace because we're in a broken business. I don't expect to, to work with everyone I work with for the rest of my life. Sometimes we're only together for a short time. And from me and my leadership team, we just want to pour love into everybody that we work with and train them and try to, the job's the job, but character and who we are when we leave this store, when we leave this earth, that's really what's most important. So we really try to touch on the hearts and taking care of our people like people, giving them love and grace when they make mistakes instead of throwing a chair at them like uh, I'm sure some of us have had that happen or being just completely talked down to or told we're, we're fired, you know, we're fired if we mess up. I mean, mm-hmm. that stuff, I don't know if it really motivates anybody anymore. Does it mo- did it motivate any of us? I know it didn't motivate me, and it has yeah. happened to me in the past by some people that no longer work with our company. It motivated um, me to leave. And it's, it's not fun. It doesn't, what's that? It said it motivated me to leave, right? I mean, you know, it got right. me, it got me out of yeah. there quick. So, and that actually might be so the number one. So we pour love and grace into our people. And that actually and, uh, might be the and, number one. And at the end of the day, oh, go ahead. As I say, and that actually might be the number one reason why I think people leave the automobile business. I, I think that right? that right th- that Seriously. right there that might be the number one reason. Forget about pay, forget about the hours. That right there is the probably the number one reason. It's why I left the car business years ago. Oh yeah, the, there's there's a Gallup poll that says seventy five percent of people who leave their jobs leave because of bad management or yeah. the way they're talked to or handled. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 
hundred percent. I think it's a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you can get a job anywhere, right? I mean, we look at the economy, the economy's booming, there's more jobs and there are people looking for jobs. It's great. Anyone can get a job making money anywhere and anyone can talk themselves into a job. That's, that's all great. We, we want to surround ourselves with really good people that want to be around us and want to take care of people and serve people just as Jesus served his disciples. We want to make sure that we're serving our people from a leadership level down. Cause when we stop serving our people, they stop serving our customers and our customers stop serving us. It's a cycle. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's how we do it. It's not nothing too special. It's just loving on our people. You know, I love, awesome, I love that you keep bringing back the, the word love and, and the scripture tells us in first Corinthians 13, that what never fails love love never fails it, and man. so i love. mean you, you can't go it's wrong good stuff absolutely gosh what Thank refreshing you, refreshing words on an auto show let's go to to uh, adam and adam i want to kind of change it up just a little bit for a moment and i want to talk about because whether you're faith based or whether you're just a person who believes in ethics and 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 have a moral compass um, which I believe we all do, but um, you know, I think one of the things that are places that we begin to start because I think when we start talking about things that are that make us uncomfortable based on ethics or our our morals, uh, it really comes down to, to uh, things that are going on within the transaction that have to do with money, right? Money is really the thing that drives the questionable actions, um, both from the customer's perspective and, and our own uh, as salespeople, as desk managers, the interaction. So, you know, one of the things that uh, I'm going to bring up as a question is, is, you know, we talk about full, we've all heard full price is fair price, but there are a lot of salespeople within the dealerships that I've spoken to over the years, many that worked with me and for me, that when you flat out ask them, do you believe that it's fair to sell this card MSRP, many of them will say no. So now we already kind of have a struggle going on there. Um, I think maybe let's talk about that, Adam, for a moment and, um, and kind of start there. Well, you know, it's, it's always, it's, it's not wrong to ask for full market value for a vehicle because in my eyes, if, if a vehicle, if there's nothing to apologize for, then, then, you you have the right to ask for it. Now, is there always that open to negotiate now? Absolutely. But there's nothing wrong with asking your full market value for it, especially in your market. If it brings more money, ask it. If you have to negotiate now, well, then right. that's fine. Where we're at, we're a very Internet-driven store, so our prices are, are blown out from the get-go. So, it, I, but coming in, it, there's nothing wrong with asking. If you come in off of the online price, automatically we honor it. But I mean, if it's on their sheet for twenty four nine ninety five and it's online for twenty one nine, we we're they're they're trained to ask for the list price. Mm-hmm. Now, if they go, well, I see it online for this. Well, absolutely. Well, then you, the hardest part of the battle is already beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, your price, you win. I mean, it's right there. But mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's, there's nothing wrong with asking MSRP or because that's what the manufacturer suggests you to retail it for. Mm-hmm. Some of them actually suggest you ask more. I was with Ford for over a decade, and they tell you, you there's not there's nothing wrong with asking over MSRP. Mm-hmm. It's just if you go too deep into it, and, and, and it's not transparent. I mean, the biggest part of the process is being transparent and honest with the person. So, and, and 
So let me let me maybe add, let me well let me kind of maybe ask ask you and kind of delve into that a little more. So I think where Dave was going, and I and I agree, and I, you know I know that's a, you could even tell Adam with your 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 answer. It's hard to answer the question sometimes because you know you're you're uh, I mean we're in sales, and and so the car business gets this, and even some people probably commenting online right now, even some people in this industry right in the middle of it would disagree fully, and there's going to be a battle back and forth on on you know a debate on that. But my my the thing is because the car business is is the way it is where you know it's a purchase that somebody you know the, the way the transaction takes place the way the 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 customer approaches it whether it's the internet or not it doesn't really matter they approach it differently they're not going into walmart right to to buy groceries and walmart just builds their profits in doesn't tell you what it is and doesn't discount i mean you know it's it's just an it's a, it's a it's it's what you pay you pay what you pay you know and what walmart paid mm-hmm. for that you know if you really knew what walmart paid for that you probably would be shocked but go try going to Mr. Walmart and saying, hey, man, you only paid 20 cent for that. You're going to charge me five bucks for it, you know, because you, you know, you mass produce it in China or wherever. You know, I want a discount. Well, I, you know, I appreciate you wanting that, but go to Target. You know, my point is, is that it's hard to answer that question. So I think the real question, maybe Cribs was going and coming at it. You do have people that are not trained properly salespeople that aren't trained properly that that possibly don't understand that that maybe are thrown into the the deal you know at a dealership and they they see this and possibly aren't bought in themselves so i i think it comes down to buy-in i mean don't do you think you know it comes down to really buying into the process buying into you know this is your career and this is what you sell and this is you know and the value is there i don't know what do you maybe yeah. maybe add to that adam I mean, the value is in the person. I mean, I, I, I don't believe in, I mean, all these products are great nowadays. Uh, every manufacturer, to, to, to win this battle, they have to build an, an equal, equally good product. Mm-hmm. And But the value comes in and the people come into buying from a person. Mm-hmm. And, and if they're treated right and you make a mistake we're all humans i mean it says right there i mean it's 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 almost impossible to live that's why we're forgiven for our sins it it it, it the the real battle in that comes down to you know our guys have a sheet they walk and here's the price well no it's it's not that it's this okay well that's easy but it's 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 okay to say okay i made a mistake mm-hmm. you know I, I tell my guys on a daily basis Hey, I don't want you to be the best salespeople in the world. I want you to be the best people in the world. Mm-hmm. Because good. as a salesperson, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I could take out of many of them if I was on the sales floor. I hadn't forgot where I came from. Mm-hmm. But I do know one thing. I know I want to be better today than I was yesterday. That's good. Yeah. And I, I have a book that I read every day that tells me it's my basic instructions before leaving Earth. Mm-hmm. that I need to do this differently. Maybe I shouldn't. We had a conversation earlier on the showroom floor about faith and love, and somebody said, I hate those people. And, and I, I'll be just blatant. I said, how can you call yourself a Christian if you have hate? Hate in your heart towards a, 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 a race of people. And I just don't, I don't hate them. I don't like them. But you don't have to like them. But that hatred word, you are supposed to forgive as you've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. So work on it. I had a conversation with a person that said, work on it mm-hmm. because you don't, you got to tick it down with that mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it, it, and 
where I, the store I came from, it was like that. Uh, here, it's building better people. You don't have to build better salespeople. Your salespeople are going to get better as you train them. Yeah, you know. But teaching them to be a better person takes them way through the roof. Yeah, Adam, you, you thank you so much for that because what you said, I think the thing that you said really impact that was very impactful was the value is in the person. Yeah. And I think that was a great statement because, you, you know, you can buy a car anywhere, right? I mean, you can buy a Toyota at any Toyota store. You can buy a Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or whatever, anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it is the value of the person. And I always would say this, you know, look, a lot of the people that are working in the stores, they're actually the ones who live in the area where the people who are buying from those stores are living also. Yeah. So yeah. you don't want to be in the supermarket and see some, one of your customers down the aisle and have to run to another aisle. So, so you Absolutely you, not. I want to shake your hand. <laughs> yeah, you want you want to you want to say hello. You want to see him and, and create that relationship. So I'd like to get Steve um, Matthews involved with this conversation too, because uh, I'm sure he's got a lot to say in regards to the, the the experience that we create for our customer. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show today. Thank you, Steve. <clears throat> our our mission statement states that uh, we give people more than they expect, and we do it cheerfully. Mm. Um, I think when you do that, you practice that people feel that, you know, when they walk in the showroom, they can feel they They always tell me when they walk in, they feel something different than they did the other showrooms that they walked into. That's good. And, uh, you know, first impressions are everything from the moment that you meet and greet the customer on the lot to you walk them in the showroom and, you know, they, they can feel that vibe. And I think it was uh, David that said that, you know, he has the music that you play inside and, you know, it just makes a difference to the customer when they hear that and they feel that, you know, they don't feel like they're in the old car dealership where you threw the guy through the, you know, glass window or, you know, those were the old <laughs> days. And that's how I grew up. I've been in the car business 35 years. So I've seen a little bit of everything sure. um, on our um, on hold messaging. It says that we practice the golden rule, you know, while people are waiting to be transferred mm. to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. And I've always tried to do that ever since I got in the car business. This was the last thing that I, I ever thought I would do was be a car salesman because they had such a bad reputation. Right. But I thought if I could get in, I could be that person that was different. That would be great. And uh, I love the car business, which is really the people business. It's not the car business. It's the people business. Yeah. And the way you treat people, you know, they respond to that. And, you know, we were talking about profit earlier. And God doesn't mind if you make a profit, but you have to grow that profit with a purpose. Mm-hmm. God wants you to be successful. It says in Mark eight thirty six. What good is it to gain the world yet forfeit your soul? Come on. And think about that. You know, there's so many people that, that in the car business that just want to make that profit. But like we were talking about earlier, they'll do anything in the world on that one deal to make it profitable. Mm. You know, profit without purpose is not good for eternity. Mm. That's right. So, you know, God That's does good. not mind you making a profit on a deal. It doesn't matter if it's a hundred dollar deal or if it's you know a three thousand dollar deal. Mm-hmm. As long as the people leave there and they're happy, they have a smile on their face, and you treat them with dignity, then you've done your job. 
That's good, Steve. I like that. I love yeah. it. Profit with a purpose. I like that yeah, a I lot. That man. was that was probably the best, coolest statement. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely yeah, that, that I've heard so far. Let's go to Bill, uh, Bill Schomburg, and get Bill in the conversation. And Bill, you know, one of the things I'm thinking about, and we kind of delved into it a little bit earlier, is you know the interaction between the desk and the and the salesperson. I think this is typically where you'll begin to see. Uh, someone who might struggle with the way a process is going when it comes to their faith-based values. And um, let's talk a minute about, you know, things like we've we've already discussed that profit, it's it's fair to have profit, right? I think that's that's expected. But there's still something going on, I believe, with what type of profit is acceptable and how we uh, get to where we're going to our destination in a deal. So let's talk about holding back on the trade, for example. When, you know, that could be definitely be a struggle for someone um, that doesn't really understand the complexity of the deal necessarily, mm-hmm. or even if they do, they may feel differently about holding back on a trade. I mean, that's kind of an interesting dynamic when you think about what we're doing there uh, from the desk and things like that. So how do you handle that? How do you prepare your salespeople for that type of scenario? And, and are we paying attention to how that affects them or if they're concerned about it? Uh, I want to thank everybody for the opportunity to share this afternoon, and more importantly, learn. I've, I've already got a half page of notes, mm-hmm. and I'm using a legal pad, so it's a lot of notes. But the the situation you describe, um, it, the particulars of that relationship or the that interaction, to me, is a factor of the relationship that's built previously. And there's two relationships going on: one between the desk and the salesperson and one between the salesperson and the customer. And all of that relates to how you make people feel. That's been touched on previously. So prior to that interaction beginning, you have the relationship between the desk and the salesperson. What's that relationship like? Mm. How has that salesperson been built into by the manager? Does he trust? Mm. Does he or she trust their leadership, the individual who they have to go back to maybe multiple times depending on the deal that's being structured and vice versa you take that back the the relationship the feeling that the salesperson is left with from the desk that gets transferred back to the customer so even in that situation there's two possibly they should be complementary but they're most likely competing Hmm. the the transference from the desk to the salesperson and back then as the salesperson sits down with the customer how did they build that relationship what did did they do the the proper walk around on the trade did they did they did they form the proper relationship and in that walk around they're doing their job it it comes down to training so the the combination of the type of individual and the leadership that they've had and as as the salesperson and their relationship that was formed when they greeted the customer, all the steps, everybody knows the steps to the sale. If those are done well with the right heart, uh, the comment that was made earlier, uh, you know, what's basically what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And if that's not proper or if that's not in proper alignment, there, then there's the opportunity that the, the whole relationship is going to be poorly communicated and what feeling are people left with because ultimately when when the deal is completed even if it gets closed if the relationship is bad then you've created a transaction 
versus a long-term relationship with all the associated value, repeat and referrals, family members, et cetera. Everybody knows that part. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess that's what comes to mind the quickest. No, I think you, Bill. That's and I want to go to. I want to actually, Dave, David Moss, go back to you for a second. And and I know we're our time's getting away from us here, but I want to give each of you guys a chance to to kind of get another round in here and and maybe really kind of let you comment on anything and in everything. Maybe something we have talked about or not. But David, I'll start it off by just maybe throwing this out there. Even with that desk interaction to salesperson interaction, and then of course salesperson to customer. You know, we're, we're, we we want that customer interaction to be good. But I think that's actually a really good point that Bill brought up. I mean, it has to be from a leadership down. They say, what, a fish stinks from a head down. So obviously you and your father and, you know, and I know, obviously I know the the leadership you have in place, but a lot of dealerships, even if the owner, you know, might have, uh, you know, the right, the right vision or right things going on there, there could be a middle management block. There could be somebody at the desk that's not in the right place you know, that could screw that whole thing up. And really the customer and the salesperson gets kind of thrown under the bus a little bit. But, I mean, talk about that dynamic a little bit, David, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, for us, it's we, we do things a little weird. And I hate to say because I get, I get resumes all the time. People want to, you know, try to come to work and be manager or general manager or general sales manager, all that stuff. And I hate to do it. And I say, Hey, well, unfortunately we don't hire managers from outside the business. Mm. If we are outside our company, we groom from within. And when we do that, it, it gives everyone an opportunity to learn who we are, how we operate, what we expect. And then when they do get promoted, when they do earn their way up to the next opportunity, they're able to lead the team the way that we want them to lead the team. And the unique thing is we typically do like a reverse survivor kind of situation where <laughs> we actually ask the entire sales team, Hey, Here's a blank little piece of note paper. Write down who you want to lead you. And it's usually mm-hmm. nine out of ten times exactly who we are already wanting to lead the team. That's a great and, idea. Um, and it, it always seems to work out. It just seems like to work that. out really well. And you can't control what every one of your people say. You can't control what every one of your people do. But we extend a lot of love and a lot of grace. And we work on our people, the leadership team, all the way across the board all the time. Mm, that's good stuff, man. Yes. I like that. I love that. I love that technique yeah, as well, David. So we're gonna we're gonna do a kind of a quick round robin here. Um, gosh, it, it's we wish we had so much more time to speak with each of you, but I'm gonna ask for closing comments. Try to keep it to 60 seconds if possible. We'll just let you say what you'd like to say based on the whole conversation of the show. We'll start off with uh, Steve Matthews. Go ahead. Well, I'd like to say you know you need to build something that's bigger than you. Always do the right thing. Make decisions with tomorrow in mind. So many times we, we're just making a decision based on what's happening right now. Hmm. When, we, when we make decisions, we need to think about the circumstances that are going to follow those and think about tomorrow what's going to happen. You know, prepare for the future by making the right decisions today. Know your foundation. Um, the main key to success in business is to place integrity above everything else. I don't care what business you're in. If you're in a pawn shop, if you're in the grocery store, if you're in the car business, place integrity above everything else. And that's how I try to run my businesses. Uh, Businesses that are built on a solid foundation, they're built to last for generations. And those that aren't built on solid foundations, what happened to them? They crumble. That's good stuff. Uh, Come on, Believe in the impossible. When I first started out, I started with three cars and a boat 25 years ago. And now we have three stores. We'll, you know, we sell over 300 cars a month. Hmm, Set big spiritual goals, pray big prayers, and expect big answers. 
Mm. You know, be a visionary. That's awesome. good. And I'll, I'll leave it there. I mean, that's, that's good, Steve. Hey, you dropped some serious nuggets oh, yeah. today, man. Yes. Absolute gold. I love it. Profit with purpose. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to steal that for just our company here, if you don't mind. But I, I really do like that a lot. So thank you so much. Purpose is the key. And, and uh, I love it. Integrity. I mean, I, everything I, you know, unfortunately I can't take as many notes, but I got the, I got the ability to go back and watch this thing and, and, and jot down all these notes here. So thank you very much. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Adam. Adam, give us your uh, closing remarks and, and anything you want to comment on. Well, I think everybody hit on a, on great points. I mean, the biggest thing is, and, and it's the way I feel and I've always I'm going to feel is, is if you build better people, you're going to have a better business. And if you treat the people in it that are coming in to do business with you, like you want to be treated, even if sometimes it don't make sense right then, it's going to make sense in the long run because they're going to remember you and they're going to tell a lot more people about you because service after the sale in my business is, is, is in my mind is a, is a huge huge factor in how we do business that if i can't take care of you then there's no use in me selling you in the first place because I, I didn't earn your business i just stole your money mm. oh thank you so much thank adam. you adam appreciate that bill why don't you go ahead and uh give us uh your closing remarks uh, one thing I'd like to say overall, uh, I owe David Cribbs a big apology. When I tagged things in the post, I left him out, and that was not by uh, – I just couldn't pull up the right name. So my apologies, David. No worries. Uh, Thank but you. But as far as what we're talking about, the uh, the automobile business, uh, the industry, is the most fertile ground for sharing the word. They're just There's no other opportunity or in business that provides so many opportunities – or chances, if you will, to impact people's lives. Inside the store, outside, in the community, the thing that I'm always trying to be most aware of, I, I never know who's watching. Mm. And I'm always surprised the way that the Lord has used me as I've come into this business. I've only been in the industry two years. Um, my brother is the expert in our, our company. He's really our leader and founder. The way I came to faith when I shared the the information that I had come to faith and become a follower of Christ, his first comment to me was, my wife has prayed for you for 20 years. Wow. And awesome. it's just you never know how the Lord is, is at work. Don't ever doubt his, his power, his love, his complete, unending, everlasting love for us, and the sacrifice that he made. And if we keep those things front and center— um, I, I'm sorry, I didn't catch exactly who said it, but uh, pray big prayers. Don't doubt the the ability that he has to impact the world and how he might use us for that vessel to pour out what he's given us. Thanks, everybody, for That's the great. opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, each and every one of you. I'll give you uh, maybe just 30 more seconds. David Moss, close us out, and then we're going to uh, draw some winners here on our show. Awesome. Awesome, brother. I, I appreciate this opportunity to talk about God in the automotive world. It's really cool. you know. And, and one thing I will say is we live in a sensitive world where uh, feelings get hurt and people's opinions are mm -hmm. so easily thrown out there. Don't turn your back on God. He'll never turn his back on you. He's yeah. there for you when you need him. Don't be afraid to ask him for help. You just trying to find the right words to say to your team. Just ask them to use you as a vessel and speak what needs to be said to your teams and your people. And it's funny because he'll always give you the right words and you'll always have someone come up to you afterwards and say, I needed to hear that. And that right there is just a sign 
he's got you back. Yeah. Come on, man. That's right. Love awesome. It. Awesome. Hey, Thank you guys so much, man. What an incredible topic. And uh, I really, really appreciate it. I think Steve, I know Steve Matthews had a big part in, in, in getting with Lou and, and just, I think to set this topic up. So, man, thank you so yeah. much. And I uh, look forward to talking to you guys again. Have a great weekend. Thank you, David. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank thank you guys. guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You know, Love um, y'all. You, know, you too, David. Love hey, you, I was going to say, you know, I was listening to the end of that when David Moss was, was, was saying at the very end. It just made me think of something, you know, ask him for help. And, you know, I can tell you as a business owner, and, I, you know, maybe we can just, before we give this stuff away, in, in, in the, <clears throat> or talk about this for a second. You know, we, we live in a, in a we're in a, a very competitive industry and a very talent-driven industry. And, and God, God gifted, you know, it's a, your talent is a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, your abilities are a gift. <clears throat> and so there's gifted individuals and, you know, and, and gifts can be used in bad ways and good ways. Some of the things that we're talking about, somebody would listen to this. There's certain groups of people or uh, not, not, uh, I mean, like groups of people, types of personalities, I should say, that would hear something like, you know, put your tie over the numbers or, you know, or, and they're like, man, I couldn't even pull anything like that off, you know, All like right. they're just, they're not a, but, but they're that same gift that allows you to passionately express a product and and to you know to inspire people and get them motivated to to see things you know a little bit differently and and that this could fit your goals and your needs and that's a gift right that sales is the gift that same gift can be twisted to manipulate and that's where there's a good and a bad side of it's kind of like the devil of the angel on your shoulder type of deal so the reason i'm saying that is because we can use our gifts and we can get to a place where even if we're good people we use our gifts in good ways we can get to a place, and I do this often as a person who, who maintains integrity, I'll get to a place sometimes where I'm trying to do it myself. So when David said, ask God for your help, you know, just because you're talented, he's sitting back going, all right, you're going to rely on your talent? I mean, you've been doing this. Come on, really. Remember the last time you put your hands on it and took mine off of it? Do you remember yeah. the last time? Do you really want to go through? The, do you want to, How far down that valley do you want to go? And it, the reality is we don't have to, you know, asking him for help. It's like if your kids, the Bible says, if you know how to get good gifts to your kids, right, how much more would your heavenly father give good, give good gifts to you, yeah. right? Because, and so all I'm saying is if your parents out there or if your sons and daughters and, you know, you remember your parents, I mean, if you, your kids come to you and ask you for something, you know, hey, I'm thirsty. Well, too bad, you know, right. you know, what, right. I mean, like what, what are you, what wouldn't you give them? Yeah. And so yeah, I guess good. my question is ask for help. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Someone said, I said this the other night, Joe, on, our, on the podcast, uh, the After Hours podcast, which was all really spiritual. Um, you know, I said something about, you know, someone says Christianity's a crutch. And yeah, okay. Some people say, no, it's not. Well, yeah, okay. Crutches help you walk, right? When you need to help, when you need help walking. Mm-hmm. I am okay with admitting I need help walking, right? I mean, yeah. in this life, I'm, I'm handicapped without crutches. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? In oh, other yeah. words, I'm I'm walking around with a limp, and so so I'm okay with that. And, and so what I would say is lean wholeheartedly. Yeah. And so that's that's my two cents on it. And I'll let you guys comment on whatever. What do you think? Chris? Well, I think the biggest two misconceptions of being a Christian is one, it's easy, mm-hmm. and two, that everything's going to be rainbows and and unicorns once you become a believer. And neither one of those is true. You know, I, I guess and it's that's, okay that that's it's actually not. the same thing. But then you, the, the other thing I was going to say was, you know, when other people see you, they think you're supposed to be perfect. That's why, yeah. 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 And, and you know, I, I've, I have a lot of conversation quite often with people. is like, you know, because you look at someone, you see that they're Christian and they're doing something you don't agree with, you know, 
it doesn't make them not a Christian, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't affect your faith at all. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's walk with God is completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, the the things that you walk through in your life are different than things I walk through, and God shows us different things at different times and in, mm-hmm. in our spiritual walk with Him. Yeah, and so I, I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, just because you see somebody that you that that calls himself a Christian, that is a Christian. And you see them, and you may be not a Christian, or, or like, well, why would I follow a Christianity when that guy over there is doing mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing? Mm-hmm. Well, there's... that's not exactly how it works. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. And and if you look through the Bible, the people that 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 you know Jesus reached out to, they were the, they were the droves. They, they were the, yeah, the, they were not nice people, right. you know, but they, they became the good the people. But but that's not who he reached out to. So that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's a great point, Joe. And and, and you know. It's uh, I, I don't want to hear anything from anybody that hasn't gone through anything. Mm. Like if you mm. if you act like you haven't gone through anything, man, don't don't try to tell me anything. <laughs> like you know, what I mean, I want to hear from someone who just got. You know, what I mean, I, I want to hear, like, hey, man, be careful in you know to not get carjacked by the person who just got carjacked. You know, what I'm saying like, hey, I got carjacked <laughs> and I got smacked upside the head. You know, hey, listen, be careful. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, right. someone that decides something to say, pontificate, you know, just going to get out there and blow wind, right. you know, and then, and then they never had anything happen to them or they act like they don't come on. Yeah. Right. I mean, don't, don't talk to me. Don't and give you know, me, you know, give me no advice. is, is everybody's at different levels of spiritual growth. And I look at it like natural growth, you know, parallels very closely to spiritual growth. And so, you know, just because somebody may have been walking with the Lord at a certain point, amount of time doesn't mean that they're at a certain level of growth that's right just like you know kids might you know speak certain ways you know at five years old but when they're 30 they should not be speaking the same way that they (laughs) there should be growth and i think it's about perspective (laughs) you know it really is about perspective you got crap in their pants anymore (laughs) exactly you know like just you know sticking your fingers in the light sockets that's right i see what you're saying it's all about growth but (laughs) it's perspective too you know it's funny you know you, you gave that you gave that illustration in the scripture about how you know, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more our Heavenly Father will give good gifts to us. Yeah. When I was a youth pastor, I said that to the youth. And one youth, and it was, again, the perspective of the youth. The youth said to me, the kid said to me, he goes, you see, there it is. You said if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, my parents are evil. You just told me from the Bible. <laughs> I said, well, well, dude, that wasn't what I want, wanted you to get from that. Yeah. You know, that was the wrong perspective. That's awesome. so. can, can I say one thing before we yeah. go to drawing sure. notes? One last thing. I just want to say if you're out there and you're a Christian and you work in an environment that's not the greatest, um, you know, sometimes when we work in certain environments, it's like being in a black hole. Be the light in that hole. Be the light. Show who you are and, and and just be an example. And you will see it will change the environment that you're in by being an example. And, I, and I'll no, say this. No, no, if you're not a Christian and you want information on that and you're interested in talking to someone, I'll make myself available. Yes. So just message. Reach out to us. All right. Let's give Very some nice. stuff away. What Very do you nice. say? Let's do it. Let's give away. We've, right. got, uh, we've got a Game Changer shirt. Yeah. You want to hold it up, Chris? Hot off the presses. All right. So we'll draw a name here, Cribs. Just a super cool, clean shirt. Are we gonna, I'm going to hold it up for no reason, I guess. Yeah, Lou's not showing it to you. Yeah. Why, what? yeah. Right, so Our producer the, took ahead, a break. He got, you on there. he got you on there. Oh, he did. Okay. All right. So I just drew a name. All right. Let's see if we can. Uh, giving the shirt away. It's going to Cribs. Ready? Let's see if we can catch Woo. it. Boom, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. Received, brother. All right. Game changer shirt winner is. Game changer shirt winner is. Drum roll. If I can get this opened up. <laughs> and we do have different sizes. 
Matthew Kelly. Matthew All Kelly. Right. Come on, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Kelly. Kelly. Matthew Kelly. All right, now we're going to give Matthew away. <clears throat> we're going to give away. Um, let's give away one of the ADL hats. Yeah, let's do it. Let's Which one away. you want to give away first? Let's give away the black one. We got right. black and oh, we've yeah. got charcoal gray. We're going to give away the black hat first. All right, first. so here we go. The winner of the black ADL hat is. Oh, comes oh. up short. Story of my life. And, uh, Story of my life. I, got, I, got <laughs> I came up short. Louis just just that. missed it. <laughs> just a bitch. All right. Let's see here. All right. The winner of the black ADL hat is Mr. Justin T. Rook. All right. Justin, Justin T. Rook. Rook. All right. Justin T. Rook. All right. Here we go. Here we go. And now the charcoal hat. Yeah, we'll give away the charcoal hat. Auto dealer, or auto dealer live with the microphone. I really Very like cool. that charcoal hat. That's sharp. Oh, oh, Lou. Lou. It hit, it hit the hat. In all fairness, down. I did make it onto the hat. Yes. He did. He, he did, did actually. He made it to the table. He made it to the, the table. table. You got a seat at the table. Okay, final winner. Of the hat. No, we got of books the hat. Here. Yeah, we got books. Yeah, the charcoal yeah. hat. Oh, and we have some books. All right. Miss Veronica Dunford. Veronica Veron- Dunford. Nice. Whoop, whoop. All right, now we're going to give away this bite sized book series. We got grind, get ready, it's a new day. We got branded, leave a mark, and we got motivated from inspiration to influence. Okay. You read all the three of those books, and that doesn't get you lit up. Something's wrong. All right, let's all go. All right, I'm, we're not going to be <coughs> 0 for 3. Here we go. Let's do it. Well, actually, the first one, Chris, although, I threw did. Although, made you're it. in my way. Let's roll. Yeah. Perfect, perfect pitch. All Boom. right. Boom. The winner of the books, the winner book of series. The three book series. Christopher Tyler Brown. Christopher Tyler Brown, you are the winner of the books, my friend. Boom, boom, boom. Nice. All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. <clears throat> it's been a great show. Yes, sir. Look forward to seeing you guys next week. If you'd like to be on Auto Deal Live, reach out to Lou Torres. Lou, have uh, Taria post your uh, handle there or post it there, and uh, make sure you reach out to Lou. And if you have a topic that you'd like to see talked about on the show, we'd love to hear about it. You can also reach out to Lou Torres. Thank you, guys. See you, see you next week. See you.